Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Good morning, Paige. Good morning, Mom. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay. Um... Today, we're talking about the term VAST as a replacement for ADHD, because lots yes. of people don't like the term ADHD. Um, yes. How do you feel about the term ADHD? Before, before I read all of this information, I didn't really have, oh, I mean, I kind of had a problem with it, but it wasn't like as bad. Um. After reading this, I see I see their point. I see the like the what we're going to talk about. Their mm -hmm. point about how like it's it's stigmatizing and inaccurate. Like let's say you know nothing about ADHD. You personally yeah. know nothing about ADHD and you don't know me. Mm -hmm. And some person came up to you and like for whatever reason you guys were talking about me and this person was like, "Oh yeah, Paige has ADHD." What would your immediately what would your immediate thoughts be about me? Well, I don't know that I could take away everything that I know. <laughs> they probably I would assume that they probably wouldn't be always good. I mean, you might think some good things, but I know I would you would probably, I don't know. Some people I feel like would feel like, oh, she must be lazy. She must not like to try very hard all negative they like they only think about like the negative parts about it and sure. none of the positive things that can come from adhd so it's a stigmatizing name that sets people up for failure because mm -hmm. they do they only focus on the challenges right mm -hmm. I think or the things yeah. that they think are true about adhd right because yeah. like there are some people out there who still don't think adhd is even real like, it's just made up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right? I mean, there are definitely those people who clearly haven't done research, right? I mean, like, yeah. if you research it, you can certainly find out, like, there are 105 identified genes that play a part in ADHD. So once you know it's actually biological, I don't know how you can be like, oh, it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think in general though, like people do just see the challenges, right? They see yeah. like that other people maybe need help at school or some people need modifications or um, not modifications, but uh, accommodations at work or, right? And and so they don't see the, the positive. So um, what did you learn? What did you learn while you were researching this? I learned that there's this book. Mm -hmm. the, the term is coined by these two doctors. Um, Ned. Hallowell. Yeah. And um John Brad, Raddy. John Raddy. And mm -hmm. they have this book. They're very, very go... well known. Yeah. Like you should know that they're very well known. Like they're 
I've written never a come across them in any of this research that I've done for anything they're, ever. They're Ned Hollow sure has his own podcast. Oh, They've both been cool. around for years and years. I've told stories before about John Ratty and his dog, his dog that has ADHD as well. I think his dog's passed oh. on now, but he has that oh, Jack that Russell Terrier. Him. That's him, yeah, right? Okay. So the, no, I they're learned. incredibly, oh. incredibly well known. They are moving towards okay. like retirement, which is probably why you're reading right. about other people. But like, yeah. they're the beginning of like research, right? Like, that's cool. yeah, that's cool. Okay, and they both um, have yeah. ADHD or vast, as they would prefer. Vast. Yeah. Yes. Um, they have this new book. When I read what I read it was saying that it's it was new-ish. the newest, their newest book, yes. ADHD 2.0. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like the vast and how ADHD is stigmatizing and how we shouldn't use the word ADHD and explaining the how disorder vast... they have trouble with, right? I mean, disorder yeah. is the word they have the most trouble with, but or it also it's... only mentions attention in ADHD yeah. and uh, Attention is not the biggest challenge necessarily for most people with ADHD. It's not a deficit, I would say, either. No, exactly. I have attention. It might not be the attention that you want me to have. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, you may not, like, if you're the math teacher and I'm not paying attention and I'm more focused on, like, this book... Like, I have the attention. It's just in this book and not what you're teaching. Mm-hmm. Which, don't do that. That's rude. But um, it was saying how vast, which is variable attention stimulus traits, which that's that name, like, kind of threw me off before. Is like, that's an interesting name mm-hmm. it's like neutral like it makes oh. me feel neutral which i guess good. is their point isn't it exactly that's good exactly. um i mean i just think it like it's a trait that's no more no more important than like your hair color or your eye color yeah. right like this, it's not it's Right, I think people hear ADHD and they think, oh, that's all that that becomes the person. Yeah. And that's not right. No. Um the term demedicalizes ADHD and focuses instead on a hu- on the huge benefit of having an ADHD brain. Mm-hmm. That was the little like blurb that I read. It sounds like an interesting book. I want to find it. I have a copy. And read more. It's a good book. Um, it's usually the one book and when people are like, what should I read? Should this, that, that's the book I always recommend. Like if you're only going to read one book, because there's lots of books about ADHD and lots of them color, cover very similar things. Right. That's the one that I say is easiest to read probably because it's written by two people that actually have vast brains yes Um, and so it's written in a style that's pretty easy to read um 
I'm not sure if this is included in the book, mm-hmm. but when I would look up vast, things about rejection sensitivity dysphoria would pop up. Interesting. I mean, I'm sure um, they talk about it. I can't remember. I read the book more than a year ago. Right. Um, we've I'm pretty sure we've already done a episode on RSD, haven't we? For sure. Okay. Um, and then, so it was just basically saying how people with VAS obviously can also experience it, mm-hmm. obviously, because we're talking yeah. about the same thing. Um, they also mentioned uh, this thing called... Oh, yeah. And then they also... Um, so individuals with vast tend to succumb to perceived rejection so rsd and then they can just as easily thrive with perceived recognition an experience called recognition responsive euphoria yeah yeah right i mean i think like you know when you you've taken one of those little self surveys to get diagnosed right for adhd and it's always they're they're totally deficit based right yeah i don't know if you've seen surveys for vast ask questions Mm -hmm. like do you consider yourself a deep thinker do you dive into projects that you're passionate about um are you a night owl are you a loyal friend um are you That's more sentimental more or moved by beauty than other people, right? Those are all like really nice, beautiful questions. Not like, yeah. are you normally late when you go to, you know, work or class or meet? Yeah. Right? Like it's, you know, another it's one nicer. of the questions is like, do you have a quirky sense of humor? Like, these are all like really nice things. Like I'd want to be able, I don't know that I can't say yes to all those things, but I would want to be able to say yes to all those things because those are like traits that most people want. Yeah. Right. And so it's not, it's looking for, it's purposely looking for the positives that come with that brain wiring, right. Instead of looking for the challenges. I'm not saying you should ignore your challenges. You should not. You should find a tool or a strategy that helps support the challenge, but you should definitely be like leaning into the strengths. Yes. Right. So I think that's what I like about the term the most is that like, yeah, those questions are associated with it as opposed to more negative questions. What else did you learn? They talked about this thing called default mood network. The default mode network. Yes. Oh, did I say mood? I'm sorry. I meant mode. I have mode, mode written down. Mode network. Mm-hmm. Um, it like mentions it like as a sentence, but then it doesn't it, like explain what it is. I know what it is. 
Would you so like I to don't know? know what it means. I would love to know. Okay. So in our brains, we all have a task positive network. And we really live in a society that loves the task positive network. This is a network that we use to like get stuff done, right? So you have your little checklist and you're like, oh, return my emails, did that. Oh, you know, make these phone calls, did that. Oh, do my laundry, wash it, dry it, fold it, check, 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 right? All the little tasks. So that's the task positive network, right? The default mode network is... um where we actually spend most of our time and where anything creative comes from, right? So your cell phone, the internet, any movie you've listened to, any music you enjoy, all come from the default mode network, right? So like this is where creativity happens. Any book you've read, whatever. So um, some people might consider it like mind wandering or daydreaming, right? But it's really important because sometimes, especially if your job is to be creative. So if your job is to like in a tech company to find a solution for some kind of bug or glitch that's happening happening in software, like if you can't think outside the box, you're not going to find that. And it usually happens when somebody is, you know, like on a walk or driving or in the shower. And those are places where the default mode network usually tend to show up. Um, and so it's supposed to work like an on off switch. So when the task positive network is on your default mode network is supposed to be completely off, or at least that's how it is in the typical brain. Um, but in people with vast or ADHD, it doesn't go completely off. Right. So it's more like a seesaw and the people who are on the seesaw are too close in weight. So one can't go all the way up or all the way down. Right. <laughs> so the default mode is still always a little on, which can be, which is what's happening in your brain when you're trying to like check off all the stuff for your TASMA positive network. The default mode network like never totally goes off in your brain, which you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just needs to be a thing that you're like aware of, right? right? So that you can find strategies for it or tools or techniques or, you know, inventive ways to like stay engaged in what it is that you're doing. So I think we, but we don't live in a society that appreciates. We live in a very like, let's be productive society I think it's starting to switch. I think some people are really realizing that if you work all the time, you're going to burn out, right? Or if yeah. you work all the time, or if you never give yourself downtime, like that's just not healthy. Um, right. So, um, but there are definitely other cultures in other countries that really appreciate the default moon network more than we do in America. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. Okay. So yours never goes totally off. Um, mine does, but yours does. Oh, all righty then. Right. <laughs> um, so I have to like put myself, I've learned to put myself into that network if I need to think of something creative or do something creative. Right. So I, I know if I go on a long walk, my brain's just, if I just like, 
that's the best opportunity for my brain to just kind of wander on its own, right? And find solutions. Also, my brain tends to fall into that category when I'm like not quite awake, but not quite asleep. That's when I get some of my very best ideas. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> I have to remember that. So when I wake up, I have to write it down right away, right? So I can then develop the idea, right? But that's usually where those ideas come from, hmm. right? So the default mode network, super important. Yes. Because we say we don't appreciate it, but like everybody likes their cell phone in their pocket, mm-hmm. right? And is pretty reliant on it now, mm-hmm. right? Everybody likes, well, maybe not everybody, but most people like music or to read or to watch movies or right listen to so, podcasts listen to podcasts maybe maybe right? so um the default mode network is super important and people should appreciate it more yes. which means they should appreciate different brains more because different brains use it better than the neurotypical Others. brain yes mm-hmm. cool so yeah What else did you learn? Um, nope, that's about something else. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talked about that. I don't know if we've already discussed this part with the default mode network, but it says, I read a thing that says that the that it can have the opposite effect when positive recognition is perceived by someone with vast. Because they, they tend to have like a euphoric uh, response instead of just a like... <laughs> A really neutral, like, oh, thank you. I'm glad you appreciated my work. They're like, it's, you know, 10 times that, right? Yeah. Because people with VAST or ADHD have huge emotions, regardless of what the emotion is, right? Mm-hmm. So they're a go big or go home kind of people. Um. Individuals with vast thrive when surrounded by positive people mm-hmm. and when they can step away from projects and people that are chronic disappointment, these choices sometimes paired with medication create recognition, responsive euphoria, and lead people with vast to success and happiness. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I just like, I think a good, I think there are a few good reasons to ultimately change ADHD as the name of ADHD to VAST is because it really describes that it's variable. It's not like everybody with ADHD has executive function skills and knows how to use them. It's not a question of not knowing, right? They they all have them and they all know how to use them. They're just better at using them in 
various situations, right? So it, it is variable, right? So in, right. you might be really good at doing it in one situation and not so good at doing it in another situation, right? So um, then there's also like a continuum, right? I mean, this is still an idea that it's a like a spectrum. Um, the... Right now, the way that the DSM is written, some people can't get the diagnosis of ADHD, even though they have all the other characteristics of it, because oh, yeah. nobody, nobody, you know, before the age of seven noticed that they were doing certain things, <laughs> or, or maybe they had a later onset of those characteristics, like Father Michael, who we interviewed. He says that he didn't have those symptoms when he was a kid, but he clearly has them now, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. So um, VAS also just sort of more lends itself to not being a childhood disorder, right? <laughs> because most people with ADHD don't actually outgrow ADHD. Yeah. Right. It, it sticks around. So there are lots of, you know, good reasons to, to change the name. Um, I just like the, just the term vast anyway, like I know it's a, an, an acronym that stands for something, but the, just the word vast in and of itself yes. has a great definition, right? That it's a like great in size, amount, degree, or intensity right? That's the definition for the word vast. And I would use that definition to explain most of my clients, right? Like they, they do have a pretty big intensity. They do have a pretty big um, range or extent that they can do, right? Um, if you use vast as a noun, it's a boundless space, which means like that sort of like opens it up that it's like could go on forever or that like anything's possible there. Right. I think those are all good things. Right. Yeah. So like in the coaching groups that I run, they are specifically called like vast men or vast women because they're not, they're not, it's not about the ADHD. Right. Right. It's about like, looking at it from this more positive point of view of like, where can you grow or how there's so much to grow too. Right. Yes. Um, I don't know. I just think it's definitely more positive. Yeah, I agree. What else? Anything else? No, no. You kind of all said the same thing. They mentioned yeah. the book. So this book must be amazing, is which made me only like more want to read it or learn more about it. It's a good book and it's not like horribly long. Well, that's good. Yes. You click it on your Audible. Yeah. And listen to it when you drive to work. Yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. Say goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. 
If you are interested in emailing us, you can reach us at the ndtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to the neurodiverse toolbox.podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.